we have all heard, go and make disciples. It was God breathed, right? But let's back up to the reason we were called to make disciples, our salvation. Without it, we can't disciple to others. Therefore, we can't make disciples. We are also called to be faithful in it all and draw near to the Lord. How do we do that? We fight the good fight, we pray, we read his word, and we love. To make disciples means to dig your heels into his word and his will and be hearers and doers of the word, not one or the other. We were entrusted with this gift of discipleship and it all starts in our home. So let's go. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of the Entrusted by Him podcast. I am your host, Courtney Centers. I'm so glad y'all are here today for this episode. It is a good one, such a good one. And if you haven't heard yet, this is a bonus episode. So um, I hope that it blesses you. Um, if you're new around here, or maybe you already know, but this podcast is all based around 2 Timothy 1.14, which says, By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. And so we see in scripture that God gives us these wonderful gifts, and we are called to steward those with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. So with all that being said, I am so excited to introduce our guest speaker for today. Y'all are going to enjoy this episode. It is Clayton Green. He is one of the co-founders of Good Kind, the makers of Advent Blocks. And if y'all haven't heard me talk about Advent Blocks, they're amazing. Um, after his daughter confronted him one Christmas saying, you say Christmas is all about Jesus, but it feels like it's all about presents. He knew something in their family's life needed to change. So together with his friends, Clayton and his wife, Kristen, created Advent Blocks. It's a devotional practice to help them anticipate Jesus during the month of December and not just presents. So three years, tens of thousands of families and several new products later, Clayton is still just as passionate about helping people cultivate the good kind of habits and holiday celebrations all year long. For his day job, Clayton is the Summit Collaborative Director where he supports 59 independent church plants and their leaders. The Greens live in Durham, North Carolina with their two daughters, Kara and Susan. And this is such a cool story, you all. Um, when you get to listen to this episode, it is you will be fascinated by their story, just as I was. And I've read through the devotional that they had sent me that came along with the Advent box. Um, and inside, they have Kara and Susan's name written in there. And it's just such a beautiful thing, um, the, what they have created together with their team. And it's such an amazing way to disciple to our kiddos and steward this gift of Christmas that God has given us and, and really break it down for our kiddos so they understand the true reason uh, for Christmas rather than presents and Santa and all these other things that kind of get thrown along in there um, with, with everything else. So I am so excited for y'all to hear this episode. Here it is. All 
Clayton, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome, by the way. We are excited to have you here. I'm excited to sit down and kind of pick your brain and chat with you and see how the Lord really uses this conversation on this podcast. And I want to jump right in and start by hearing a little bit about how I think it was you and your wife that co-founded. Um, did you yep. co-found or was it together that you started Good Kind? Yeah. So um, the way that story goes, by the way, thanks for having me, is yeah, um, in 2018, my daughter, Kara, who was six at the time, on December 23rd, says to me and my wife, um, mommy and daddy, you say that Christmas is all about Jesus, but it feels like Christmas is all about presents. And I mean, it was, she really, if you knew all the different things that this little girl has said to us in her life, mic drop moments after mic drop moments, you, it, it. it was, it was an insane time and it was the December 23rd. So what are we going to do yeah. at that point? The presents yeah. are under the tree. We're starting to open them the next day. So uh, fast forward uh, a whole year, almost November of the following year, I started uh, scouring the internet, trying to find something that was tangible and beautiful that could kind of be at the center of the home that really built an anticipation about December 25th. Mm -hmm. That was, uh, that was about Jesus, not just about the presence. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't want to take the presence away. We just wanted to add yeah. and make sure that this part rivaled that year before we had actually been doing some kind of Advent guide. So mm -hmm. I couldn't find anything that precisely did what we, we wanted it to. So I started drawing some different pieces of wood and how they would move. I kind of like doing woodworking on the side mm -hmm. and, I gave Kristen three options. She pointed at the one in the middle and said, do that one. And you should call it Advent Blocks. And that's what you know today as Advent yeah. Blocks. And we we still call it Advent Blocks, though yeah. the brand name now is Good Kind. So uh, we after she picked it, I emailed or I called my friend Chris, who's an author. And I said, mm -hmm. hey, can you write a guide? Uh, and I'll make you some blocks. He said, yes. That first year, it was five families. Uh, and then every year since then, we've just been sharing this with more and more families. Yeah. Yeah. That is incredible. Um, so, um, uh, my, that reminds me a little bit of my oldest son. He is getting ready to be six uh -huh. and he's very, um, a very detailed person. Uh, I, my husband's an engineer and I can see very, very similar thinking between the two of them. Uh -huh. And so he just wants to know the why behind everything. He wants to know what so kind of like your daughter, he's asked a question similar to that before. And we're like, Oh, uh, you know, what, what do you do? What do you say in those moments? Yeah. So when we got the advent box in the mail, he was like, he dropped everything in his hand. He was like ready to play with them. He was like, can I play with them right now? And I'm like, well, they're not really a toy, but he's like, well, they look like a toy. I'm like, right. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, you, I've, I'll give it to you there. Yeah, they do. And so he, you know, he loves to build and things. So he immediately started playing with them and asking what the pictures were. Mommy, what's uh -huh. this? What's that? And so of course we opened the devotional and I was blown away. My husband is blown away by just how strategic, but it's also very simple for their minds to kind of grasp. So I'm excited to implement this into our every year, each year. So we're, we're so thankful that you all send it to us. Um, so kind of jumping into that with the Advent box, using them um, to prepare our families for Christmas. Can you kind of elaborate on just kind of how they work a little bit? What, um, what parents can kind of hear how they're going to be able to use them with their own kids so that they can put Jesus at the center of Christmas. Right. Yeah. So you're already um, picking up on a couple of the things that we didn't even know when we first made Advent Blocks, uh, the playfulness, the toy-like mm -hmm. aspect. 
Uh, we like to say, take our kids and make them little accountability devices. Yeah. I guarantee if, if you can, if you can take a tangible object, tell your, ch your child or, or your whole family, you can play with this and it's fun and you can move it around and it's, yeah. and it's beautiful enough to stay in the center of your home and you don't mm -hmm. want to throw it away or get it out of the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you tie a meaningful moment to that. You say, Hey, when you play with this, I'll play with you. Mm -hmm. If you do that with your kids. I mean, the the engine of uh, starting, but not just starting, continuing to do that thing yeah. is built into our kids. I mean, it is true that you just drop it right in front of them and they start playing with it. And that's actually yeah. what we encourage people to do. So yeah. here's how it works. The, you get 27 blocks, but 25 of them have the numbers one through 25 on it. We say, hand it to the youngest person in your family and let them go to town. <laughs> they'll either stack them up or they'll at some point see the numbers and they'll line them up. And that's precisely what you need to do. Line them up one through 25. And then there's two more blocks. The star block goes on top of the one and the globe block goes on top of the 25. Mm -hmm. And then every day as you, as December hits, what you do is you turn the number of whatever day it is in December, you turn it one quarter turn and it reveals those images that you were talking about mm -hmm. that correspond to the story in the book that we give you. And that image is actually in the guide as well. And then you move the star to sit on the top of that block. You do the same thing on the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, all the way down to the 25th. And so what happens is every day you're revealing an image and moving the star, revealing an image and moving the star. Yeah. And it actually, the the images, kids start to recall the stories and be able to tell you back what that story was about and why it was important. But then also you see this um, in the middle of your home, a beautiful physical representation of what the true story of Christmas is in the incarnation. It's God coming to earth, the star representing God, right? The star in the yeah. sky, Jesus coming to earth to stay. And so that, that um, visual approximation actually adds to the anticipation of the whole family kind of yeah. being excited, not just about the presence, mm -hmm. but also about the true story of Christmas that Jesus is coming to earth to stay. Yeah. I love that you mentioned it that way because um, one thing that my oldest said, his name's Asher. So one thing that Asher said was mommy, the star it's cause we, we kind of practiced uh -huh. how you do that. Um, cause I was trying to explain to him, you know, how they work. And so he, um, he said, mommy, that, that star is kind of like Jesus. Cause he was relating it to that movie, the star. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh my goodness, buddy, you got it. Like that's, that's it. it. And so that's really cool. Even at, even, I mean, he's five. So even at five. Yeah. They're going to catch on to that. They're going to see it. So that is, that's incredible. And there's, there's so many beautiful things that Chris did with the guide as well. So my friend, Brian, long, long-term friend, he's the designer. And I will make okay. sure I tell him that story because yeah. uh, there's something beautiful about what he has done from a design standpoint to draw the whole yeah. family in, and this representation. And it mirrors actually really well, the, what you were saying before, the simple but beautiful writing mm -hmm. that Chris has where it's like it, we say the sweet spot is three to 13, but anybody in your house that's yeah. around is going to listen to and enjoy the story. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll make the teenager pay attention and it'll make the parents cry. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of the way that he, that he writes and the, and the images kind of follow that type of temperament and tone. Another thing that he did that was really neat. When I first called him that first year, I said, there needs to be something that happens at the end of every day that everybody says and repeats. Now, I don't know if you've, you've noted this yet and your five-year-old by about day three or four will definitely be joining into this. Okay. Um, at the time I was asking Chris to do the writing, we were reading the the Magic Treehouse books. Mm -hmm. And at the, at the end of the first chapter of the Magic Treehouse, everyone, it says, and the treehouse started to spin, it spun faster and faster. And then everything was still absolutely still. I remember it to this day from reading those books yeah. to, to yeah, my I girls. 
but they would say it with me, right? Yeah. So I said, we need that too. And so Chris has built into the guide at the end of every story. It talks about the particular character and what was going on in their life. And then it says that person began to hope and to pray, God, will you come back to stay? Mm-hmm. And so by day three or day four, I, I'm looking forward to know what day it is with Asher. Like yeah. it, it, there's going to be a time where he says, God, will you come back to stay? And he'll start saying that prayer. And then yeah. Chris does a phenomenal thing on day 17 when the stories flip from Old Testament to new mm-hmm. and it stops saying, will you come back? And it starts saying he is going, he mm-hmm. is coming. And it, and that flip when, when it, when the refrain is different, like kids are like, Oh, and then yeah. the excitement just keeps building and building. Yeah. That's awesome. I just got goosebumps when you said that. That's super cool. Um, whoever that Chris, is that what you said his name? Yeah. Chris, super Popolata. talented. That's amazing. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, I, the, being a designer at heart, I can see how, you know, the, the art aspects of how this kind of comes together and I can yeah. appreciate it. So, um, that's, that's really, really cool. I love it. Um, so uh, my next question that I had, uh, I was just kind of sitting and, and praying and thinking through what to talk about with Advent, um, getting ready in the next couple of weeks to, to begin, how can we, or how would you and your wife and your home uh, use Advent um, to create that rhythm in your home to, to really invite him in during that yeah. time of Advent? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of things that we can learn from the historical church calendar, regardless Mm -hmm. of if your church practices that or not. Mm -hmm. There's some traditions there in beauty about the rhythms of the year Mm -hmm. that um, we can take uh, advantage of. Uh, If you want a more social psychology type of reason to do something like that, there's Mm -hmm. a book called Wind that talks about the different rhythms of the year and how the, if if you're going to start a new habit, you should start it on the first of a month because you're much more likely to continue it because there's this newness that happens, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We feel this with the seasons of the year. We feel this um, with the different holidays that we have throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And so with, with all that being said, Advent is a amazing time in order to invite a meaningful moment in your home with Mm -hmm. God uh, and with everybody that is connecting with everybody that's in your home, because there's so much other excitement. There's such yeah. a great, a great force towards this being the best time of the year, lights, yeah. uh, songs, presents, right? Yeah. Uh, there's uh, different foods. Mm-hmm. There are all these different things that kind of naturally point you towards, this is a big moment. You should remember it. Mm-hmm. And so actually when we are intentional during the season of Advent, whether or not you do four weeks and candles or you do 25 days uh, with Advent blocks or with, uh, with some other kind of guide, taking advantage of that time to have a meaningful moment, you actually then get all of that other momentum on your side. It's going to be a meaningful moment anyway, but if you actually make that meaningful moment, have an engaging time with each other and engaging with God during it as well, you actually get all of that momentum on your side and the memory is stuck. And the center of the memory is God. The center of the memory is your home. Mm-hmm. But actually, uh, that memory is extremely, extremely imprinted on your mind and on your heart because of all these other things that are yeah. happening at the same time. Yeah. And all the other extras just become extras. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, what uh, Christian parents hope for. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's it's harder for kids. Yeah. Of course, they're going to think about the presence, but um, just like you said, inviting him in the middle. And, and being the center, yeah. that's going to be, um, the best thing we can do. So that's awesome. Um, and then 
how would you say, you know, well, I'll have, I have two questions. So the importance of Advent, I mean, we've kind of touched on that a little bit. Um, obviously the, the, the clear answer really is because it's about Jesus. It's not about Santa or all the other, you know, Christmas, uh, things that people like to throw in their presents, lights, food, but other than just saying Jesus, even though that is enough, there are going to be some people who say, but it's not enough. So can we elaborate a little bit on the importance of Advent and preparing our hearts and preparing our minds and our kids' hearts and minds yeah. uh, for Christmas? Yeah. So Advent is is us waiting and anticipating something. The something that we are celebrating at Christmas, at the end of Advent, uh, the season on Christmas, is the incarnation. Yeah. So the incarnation is the, the the theological bit that we are trying to create an anticipation and a focus on. I think that, rightly so, Easter is the Super Bowl of Christianity, maybe, right? It's It's the one, right? Jesus on the cross, his resurrection, this is how salvation comes to the world, right? Yeah. But actually, Easter can't happen if God doesn't become a person, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. God doesn't actually become man. I mean, he's a mediator. He is God and he is man, yeah. right? If you don't, if you only have God, you don't have the crucifixion, right? right. If you only have man, you don't have the resurrection, right? right? And so I think the importance of Advent is to not lose the incarnation in our faith. Yeah. Right. The importance of Advent is to say that that the fact that God is a mediator and is perfect and is God and does does have a perfect relationship with the Father, yeah. and He understands and can sympathize with our weaknesses and our yeah. sufferings, mm-hmm. like that truth is so important. And and if we are only Easter Christians, yeah. <laughs> we could we could potentially miss that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's required for Easter to be what it is, but we could potentially miss it. So emphasizing the incarnation uh, regularly, annually, mm-hmm. with Advent being kind of stretching that out, not from just one day or one sermon or one teaching, right. but actually giving it a time of anticipation, I think actually is a, a beautiful thing um, that we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And um, mentioning Easter, you guys have Easter blocks too. Is that correct? <laughs> we do. We do. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was good. Uh, we wanted to be continue to be creative and continue yeah. to offer resources. Uh, we have Easter blocks that focus on Holy Week, so mm-hmm. Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. It, it um, and uh, I actually think Chris is writing, and that is even better. There's a refrain uh, that you repeat as well. Yeah. Um, uh, what kind of king would this man be? Um, and then um, uh, there's a candle in the middle, and it's a little bit more like a puzzle than a line. So okay. yeah, it's it's fantastic. That'll be interesting. I'm sure um, after doing. The Advent blocks, I'm sure Asher will request them. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves them. He Can I have Asher's email? Them. Yeah, right, right. He he I, he requests them to blow them after school every day. It, it's the sweetest thing. So that's great. And now he's got little brother in on it. So, um, and and everything that you said, let's take all of that and wrap it up with how does that relate to discipleship? Because we are discipling to them all throughout the year, but. I think that this time of year is a special opportunity to really, really dig our heels in discipleship. That doesn't mean the rest of the year we don't do, you know, the best that we can, but how can we take Advent and relate that to discipleship in the home? Yeah. 
And well, to answer that question, first acknowledge like people have different ideas of discipleship and mm -hmm. what they're doing, what the intent would be. Um, for me, I'm going to think a little bit more about like discipleship is going to happen because someone is learning something. Yes. Um, yes. In community. That's like a important bullet too. Yeah. Um, yep. And that they are putting into practice what they've learned. Yeah. That it actually is. Um, there's an alignment from what they believe and what they're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So. For, the, for that reason, I think that we actually have built in some of those things into Advent blocks in order mm -hmm. to make sure that you're hitting all three. We're not just teaching something. We're not just reading something. Uh, but we are teaching something, right. right? We are reading something. That is an important component of it. Yeah. Yeah. But we also are doing it together. Mm -hmm. um, um, the fact that uh, the kids are asking the parents to do it and there's kind of this this uh, this rallying to everybody sitting down and reading together, yeah. being able to do it together ends up being really, really important. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we can't answer all the questions that your kids are going to ask after yeah. reading these stories. <laughs> yeah, good we luck. Can't either. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, none of us can. Yeah. yeah. But it's actually that conversation and community of actually kind of working it out that is so important for a robust faith mm -hmm. in a disciple, right? Yeah. So that it's something that it's not just regurgitated, but it's something that has been kind of chewed up and discussed and processed together. Yeah. We've got to start doing that really, really early yeah. so that that is, there's a temperament and a practice for that in the future. Yeah. And then it's got to be something that we're practicing, that it's, um, that we actually are um, doing what we say we do, that we're mm -hmm. living the way, living what we believe we, we say. Yeah. Um, and so, but the idea of it being tangible and Bible reading and prayer and community on like a daily, which is practice. So I think we have all of those going together. So it's really important to have all three of those things where we're teaching something, where we're doing it together and where we are practicing it. And that, and that practice of even the blocks kind of makes it something that we're doing those things day after day uh, and doing those things day after day, that practice component builds in kind of the muscle, the rhythm of mm -hmm. continuing to engage spiritually with the whole family. And that's what over the long term ends up making disciples, people who know how to follow Jesus because they've been following someone who knows how to follow Jesus, which the best yep. place for us to do that. And this is what you do is in the home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, that's, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about, you know, when we're making disciples, God told us to go out and make disciples. Um, it is people that follow Jesus, follow in his ways. So, uh, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head for sure. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Um, it was an honor to have you. Uh, I, I'm loving what y'all are doing. It is, it's special. And I think that it is going to make a huge impact in, in our family. So I'm excited to share this episode with, with everybody. Um, y'all can go find him. It's the, the good kind company, um, on Instagram at goodkind.co, mm -hmm. Facebook, good kind company. And I can list all this in the show notes for y'all too. Um, and they also have a podcast, which I didn't realize. So I'm okay. excited to check that out. Uh, the Good Kind Podcast on Apple and Spotify. So you all have to go give them a listen and, um, and a follow. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me.